Hey, welcome back to the I Got Your Six podcast. This is Jesus Pereira, a.k.a. Jesus, Director of Veteran Services for the City of Holyoke. And with me, I have... Natalia Munoz, News Director for Holyoke Media. Hey, welcome, Natalia. I know it's been a while Thank since you. we've spoken. I know. You've been, like, under the knife and stuff a couple times, it looks Literally, like. Literally. <laughs> I know. I keep getting health issues. Yeah. This was the rotator cuff, attendant tear. Oh. But enough about me. So, Jesus. Chu. Talk to me. All right. I, I wonder, you know, okay, we got 50 states plus the territories. They're yeah. veterans in Puerto Rico, for instance. Sure. Puerto Rico's not a state. It's a territory of the United yeah, Guam, States. Guam, American Samoa. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And how federal benefits, do they change depending whether you live in Massachusetts or you live in uh, California or is it, sta- is it state by state and depending and also federal? I mean, where's the best place to be a veteran? <laughs> That's to make good, sure you get the that's services a good question. you need. So let's 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 work on your first question. Do benefits change from state to state? Well, let's break the benefits down to three different categories, right? So you have Veterans Benefits Administration, that's mm-hmm. monetary compensation. The Veterans Health Administration, which is obviously healthcare, and then the cemeteries, the veteran cemeteries. The Benefits Administration, that is not any different from place to place. Like if you're 10% disabled or 20% disabled, that payment is the same across the, the Oh the my country. goodness, I didn't know this. So you can be a percentage disabled? Yeah, so that's... What is that about? Yeah, so what they do is they're, I think 13 different body systems or something like uh-huh. that. And if you have a disability in one of your body systems, they look at the impact of that particular disability on your body and they give you a percentage of disability based off of that. And there's a monetary dollar assigned to that. Um, if you have a dependent, anything over 30%, you get a little stipend. Uh, and there's other things that go on with that. And then there's like whether or not you collect it concurrently with retirement. That's all a separate thing. But from territory to state, it, that all should be the same. Now, the Veterans Health Administration, or we start talking about healthcare, they're broken down to what's called VISNs, V-I-S-N. Um, and those are slightly funded differently mm-hmm. in each the particular VISN although they all have the opportunity. So say, for instance, like our... What's a vision? The vision? I don't know. Yeah, I have to look that up now because okay. I, I forget. But it's it, it's okay. a fancy word or words. We're going to maintain silence. <laughs> We're not going to. So it's a Veterans Integrated Service Network. Okay. Um, so like in New England, we have New England states, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe our vision, we do, we're lucky uh, in our vision because we have Yale New Haven Hospital, Boston hospitals, you know, Mass General. So oncology and cardiac stuff gets taken very, get treated very well here. Although they're not done directly at the VA, they get contracted out to those areas. Where if you're in the Midwest, you may not have anything nowhere near close to that available to you just by proximity of your location and other hospitals. So the healthcare is could be slightly different, although they try to um, amend services so you can get basically treatment in the community, mm-hmm. right? So say for instance, uh, you have to travel two hours to a hospital. Well, maybe they let you go to a local hospital, but that you know community care is what they call it, and that's that's available. So it's and then the cemetery stuff should be the same across the country. Do veterans get to decide whether they want to go to a veterans hospital versus, say, Mass General, even if they're within a half hour of veterans hospital? They can absolutely hour. advocate for themselves to go to to whatever. Now, getting back to your second part of your question is like, what state is it best to be a veteran in? Well, that depends on what you're talking about, what, what best means, right? Mm. So in the state of Massachusetts, we're one of the only states that has a public assistance program. 
mm-hmm. for veterans, which falls under uh, Part 1, Title 17 of the Master on Law, which is public assistance, and then Chapter 115 is the veterans uh, public assistance. And that's actually the most robust program that I've seen nationwide. Mm-hmm. So I've, at this point, uh, have colleagues across the country. I talk to them about their public assistance program, and a lot of them are temporary in nature, mm-hmm. like emergency, where ours uh, covers uh, continuous payments for veterans and their families who are indigent, right? Like 200% of the poverty level or below. Um, Pero, okay, can I interrupt you? Sure. I never know what whatever percentage of the poverty level. What does that mean if you are a person... You're what's known as a single person, and say you get paid, I don't know, forty thousand dollars a year, but your rent is like fifteen hundred dollars a month. So here, here we go. Okay. So this the this is the poverty guideline, right? Right. Fourteen thousand five hundred eighty annually for one person. Okay, so two hundred percent of that would be like twenty nine thousand dollars, thirty thousand. Oh, we gotta do math. Don't worry about it. There's charts here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go down. So two hundred percent of the poverty level for a single family is or a single person is twenty nine thousand one hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. Two people thirty nine thousand four hundred and forty. Three people forty nine seven twenty, and it goes on and on and on. Okay. So, in Massachusetts, if you're at two hundred or below, mm-hmm. we can. Um, provide you with reimbursement for your say you're on medicare part b we can reimburse that for you the cost of it if you have a medigap insurance we can reimburse that for you as well if you happen to have um maybe a private insurance company not medicare you're not there yet uh, we can reimburse that your co-pays and things like that we can reimburse that it's like it's 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 a huge safety net and not only does a program reimburse medical expenses but what it does it gives you a little bit of money for your rent a little mm-hmm. bit of money for gas and electric. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can help pay for a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. So if you have to buy like durable medical equipment, we mm-hmm. can help pay for that. We can help pay for dental care, which is annoying to me because they only cover a portion of certain me- mm-hmm. dental care and we have to get it pre-authorized, right? So there's a lot here in Mass in that sense. The program provides for a safety net. So if you fall behind on your rent three mm-hmm. months, we can we can get you caught back up if mm-hmm. you're if you're eligible, but once every two years, mm-hmm. right? Maybe three. I gotta double check that. Yeah. I, keep, I keep forgetting. But that safety net's there. Same thing with you with your utilities. Yeah. Um, although we're paying your utilities or helping you pay for utilities, and you fall behind, we can once in every couple of years reimburse that and get you caught up. We help pay first, last, and security for veterans that have HUD VASH uh, vouchers. I mean, there, it's, it's a quite Mijo. robust program. Do I look like I know what HUD VASH means? <laughs> Section 8 vouchers for oh, veterans. Oh, Section 8. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We talked about this. That's not we so did. Ago. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty robust public assistance program in Massachusetts. Now, we did talk before about the tax abatements that we have in Mass, and those are not that robust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you basically, quite frankly, have to die and have a surviving spouse in order to get a full tax abatement on your property. Where places like Illinois, mm-hmm. if you're 80% disabled mm-hmm. and alive, mm-hmm. you get a full tax abatement on your property. Oh, okay. So those are, okay, great. That's, so a, that's a difference. Th- there's some difference, but their public assistance program are run by county to county mm-hmm. and funded by county dollars are very different between the counties. So each county could behave differently with that money. 
You mean like in Hamden County, it's different than it is in, in Franklin? Ham- right, versus Hampshire. If, if we were in, in Illinois, in Massachusetts, that does not exist. It's the same laws, mm-hmm. same program. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference you'll find, though, is mm-hmm. that between veteran service offices is whether or not they have staffing, if they have um, a huge turnover in the veteran service officers, which we see that quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, because you have a, you know these single-person offices that are trying to know all this, mm-hmm. deal with clients, do outreach, attend funerals, and do you know all these other things that we're supposed to be doing. It's just impossible. Yeah. So that's sort of led us down this road where uh, smaller towns are coming to places like Holyoke and saying, hey. So what can you tell us about that? Well. What small town has come to Holyoke and said, hey. Right now we're in serious conversations with South Halley and Granby mm-hmm. to form a district. Now, creating a district is nothing new. There's about 20-something of those already in the, in the Commonwealth where there's a host community, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Holyoke, and they are the people that provide the services, the HR, the IT support, and all that stuff, the people who staff uh, the positions, uh, and they agree for a sum of money to provide services to the surrounding communities that you're in contract with. Now, these contracts have to be approved by the state of Massachusetts and the Executive Office of Veteran Services. Um, but in our case, what we're looking to do is pick up the full-time employee in South Hadley, create a district with Granby and South Hadley, and have four full-time employees, give everybody a raise, and save the city of Holyoke anywhere from sixty dollars to $100,000 a year. Wow. And these are communities, these are uh, neighbors. It's yeah. not like you're hopping over a community. They're both over the, the bridge, like you can do Chicopee. Right, literally. So the, the, the great thing about South Halley is like Mike, Mike has been around for some time. Uh, he is, he, he was, used to be part of a district that mm-hmm. was Granby, East Hampton in South Halley, but it was a single person show. And to take That's care of three communities, it's, uh, it's almost impossible. Yeah. It's really important. Doesn't make sense. You are going to not do something. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen when you're in that particular situation. Well so, put. You yeah. are, what did you just say that you just said <laughs> so well? You are not going to do something. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, something is going to, you need to choose by the, yeah. what is going to fail. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. you're going to have to, you know, put off for a while. And, uh, it was funny because we had a conversation with Mike probably four or five months ago. Say, hey, Mike, we should district together. Mm-hmm. Because Holyoke, over the years, we've built a lot of capacity. Um, we reduced the amount of people on our Chapter 115 program, but we've increased the amount of people that are, are getting federal dollars. And Chapter 115 is? Oh, the public assistance program. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. So, okay, that's Section 8? No. For veterans? No, that's a separate thing. <laughs> okay. So Chapter 115 is public assistance for veterans. Okay. So DTA. Think okay, about DTA. Okay. That Chapter one fifteen is DTA, DTA for veterans. Okay. We run that in our department. The section eight is known as. So that's HUD VASH. Okay. That's a housing program. Okay. HUD. Okay. Yep. And housing that's and, and that's actually administered by the VA. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then there's other programs. So okay. these are the things. Like think about this. We have to know this stuff. I know. That's right? a lot to know. So SSVF is a fairly funded program by the VA that they give money to nonprofits for the same thing for housing and supportive services for veterans and families. And. Uh, you know, some time ago, I, I reached out to Mike, Mike, we should district. We have gone down in our cases mm-hmm. in Chapter 115 because we've increased the amount of money we get people from the federal um, government, mm-hmm. um, and we have capacity. And we're the only office in the state mm-hmm. that has a bona fide f- position for a veteran service agent to do just federal claims, and we call them a national service officer. Mm-hmm. Um, other offices are doing some of the work, kind mm-hmm. of, 
but none of them have a bona fide position. Meaning when it's like with any administration, once the boss leaves or someone in that office leaves, that culture changes. Right. There goes the memory, institutional memory. Yep. In Holyoke, we will always have a position for someone to do federal claims. Always. Mm -hmm. As part of the job. Because it's it's literally what's saving the city tons of money right now. And he was like, nah, I don't think I really want to do that. (laughs) You know? And then we had a a meeting with the Secretary of Veterans Services. The very first Secretary of Veterans Services. I forget his name. uh, Santiago. Yeah, John Santiago. Right. Yep. Incredible man, by the way. What makes him incredible? Well, he's 40 years old. Okay. He's a he's a doctor. Okay, that's incredible. He's a, he's a veteran. That's incredible. He's done public service as okay, a state he's rep incredible. for a while. He's incredible. He's 40 something years yeah. old. I'm like, so yeah. he's you know very well put together. Definitely yeah. doesn't have the the demeanor that I have most of the time. You have a great demeanor, <laughs> Jesus. He's he like you was a very accomplished person in he's, that position. Yeah. You could do that position too. I don't think I'm going to med school anytime soon. You don't have to go to medical school. <laughs> Is it, uh, being a doctor part of it? Well, no, no. Okay, but, but, so there. Uh, so he had so he has a very good background in the medical field, which is great, because we have two veterans' homes, right? Yeah. That provide medical services and Chelsea care. Chelsea and Holyoke. Yeah, and you need someone with that sort of background to go, you know, to call BS when BS is happening. Right. right. He's like, no, that's not right. That's not great right. practices. So he came and talked to the Western Mass Veteran Service Officer Association and sort of hinted that, you know. We're complaining about towns not providing services for their veterans mm-hmm. because they're poorly staffed or poorly paid, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, well, you need to be creative. Maybe you should think about creating districts. Mm-hmm. So when it comes out of the mouth of someone like that, you mm-hmm. know we're headed down that road. Mm-hmm. And I agreed. And so then Mike called me. He said, hey. All right. We should create a district. I'm like, great idea. Yeah. Why didn't I think of yeah. this before? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the culture wasn't there before. And now with this new... Secretary, he seemed like when I, we were at the groundbreaking, he's, he sounded like someone who is an advocate for veterans rather than an advocate for the administration to impose. Uh, I would agree with that statement. And uh, so obviously he's still, I believe, in the reserves or just recently out. He actually recently got, out, got back from a deployment. I'm not sure where from, mm-hmm. but uh, he has this philosophy where it's like, if you come to me with a problem, I hope you have a solution in mind. Mm. which I can appreciate. Yeah. Right. Because it's yeah. like, we, we all bitch about stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. this town isn't doing this. That town's not doing that. Yeah. I'm tired of dealing with towns people. Cause for instance, Holyoke, we used to get people in from all sorts of places mm-hmm. looking for assistance because we had a pretty good handle on VA claims and, and, mm-hmm. and federal benefits. And after a while I started realizing that I was creating a problem. Wow. I was taking the work from other communities because they were too lazy or just lack the ambition to to get trained mm-hmm. or lack staffing or any other multitude of reasons mm-hmm. to, to not do this. And I'm like, we can't keep doing this. Yeah. We're the only department in a city that does this mm-hmm. because if our police department responds to something for South Halley, you know what South Halley does? They pay us for our time, mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. Municipal aid agreements. Yeah. Or yeah, uh, mutual aid agreements, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with fire and all our other departments. Like we're the only department that was like, yeah, give me your, give me your work. We'll do it for free, hmm. which is not at all conducive to getting a good workplace and good salaries for people in your community hmm. because now they're doing more work for less money. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate for my employees. And yeah. so I, I know you are at some point I'm like, we're not doing this anymore. So yeah. I've, had to send people back to their communities. I said, hey, you have a problem? Go to your mayor's office, go to yeah. your town manager's office, and yeah. talk about this. Yeah. But um, 
th- this is where we're at. And a lot yeah. of this veteran service officers kind of know where my position is now. Mm-hmm. And they used to lean on me pretty heavy on a lot of the work. And I just refuse at this point because not only did we have the idea of doing VA claims organically in our offices, we brought in training on a national level to come down and teach us and train and accredit people. So this is what really happened. National Association comes down, accredits a bunch of people. They stand in front of a camera with their certificates and puts it on their local news, like, look at what we yeah. did. Yeah. And then never practiced. Oh. Then never did claims. And then state that uh, my employees cannot do that because it's not in their position description or, or you know what? Uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, if I do make them do this, it's going to be this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, fine. But then you start seeing the reality of the politics, right? Picture all of us sitting here. Look at what we accomplished accolades for them for doing it and then they go back to their offices and keep doing what they used to do Ay, Jesus. it always we always end up here where i hate people <laughs> oh no. my goodness oh yeah but tell me something why why isn't it just like no matter where you live you're a veteran doesn't matter where you live like illinois massachusetts wherever you're going to be treated the same because in some ways, if there's a better plan for me as a veteran, say, in Montana, okay, well, then I'll move to Montana. But what if I don't want to move to Montana? Right. What if I got all my roots well, here? That's, I mean, that's part of the state's prerogative, right? So if a state wants to provide certain certain services for their veterans, they're, they're absolutely allowed to do that. But why isn't there a federal mandate that tells states... That's a good question. You have to include this in your budget. There's no... You know, we're not going to discuss this. Yeah, I mean... Just the way we include no hate crimes. I mean, I guess that's possible to a certain extent. But again, you'll always have, like, I can't see Massachusetts at this point pulling back anything they've been doing. Of course not. Um, And I can't see any other state duplicating what we do because of funding and the funding sources. So let's go back to Illinois Mm -hmm. compared to Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. The Chapter 115 program, the Public Mm -hmm. Assistance for Veterans, Mm -hmm. that's a state mandate. The state says you will provide this service, and mm-hmm. here's, you know, mm-hmm. the outline of this. Here's the CMRs, and the um, yeah, here's the CMRs is what you need to follow. Master in law says let's do this. Mm-hmm. We fund that locally with our tax dollars, mm-hmm. locally. Are you saying Illinois? No, Massachusetts. Hol- okay, so Massachusetts. Ma- Holyoke, so let's say Holyoke, Holyoke right. takes taxpayer dollars, yeah. and we put it in a line item, and we pay benefits out of it. Okay. My office then in turn mm-hmm. sends a request to the state for reimbursement. Okay for some of those exp- expenditures. So we only get about 75% back. Why only 75% instead of 100? Because that's what the law states. Ah. Right. So in order to get 100% back, then this, you, know, you have to go through legislation. Right. That's stupid. <laughs> if you spend a dollar, you should be reimbursed a dollar. Right. So this is... And there's Who a lot came of up his, with the stupid law that you only old. get a cent? This is old. Oh, well, then this obviously it's out, of, it's out of time. Well, because so this is... are we smarter now? So this is why a lot of... I don't want to put words in their mouth, but a lot of municipal managers have a, ch- a problem with this program because one, it's an unfunded mandate. The state says you must provide this program and mm-hmm. you must staff an office, mm-hmm. but they're not funding the office. Right. The state's not giving them money for anything. And plus the community has to contribute 25% of their own dollars. So it's a, it's a give and take because like in a sense you're paying for people in your municipality. Pero perdóname Jesús, we always pay for it. If you're a taxpayer, <laughs> it. it doesn't matter if it's a state the city yeah. or the federal government, that's that's our tax dollars sure. divided in all those different ways. Right. So right. 
I want my tax dollars to be used in a smart way. So it's like if Holyoke spends a dollar, it gets reimbursed a dollar. It'd be nice to get that. But then you start walking down this aisle of if the state is paying the full bill. Mm-hmm. Which is actually, which is the taxpayers. Right. Okay. Would if we, they, the taxpayers, are paying the full bill. Uh-huh. Would they consider getting rid of veteran service officers in each community? Because right now there's a we're required by law to be in each community. And do they now take away having a veteran agent in every community and then build a bigger region with like a... So this is what happened with DTA. Remember okay. public assistance yeah. used to be in every community? Yeah. Like Springfield, Holyoke, yeah, Cadre, yeah, and DTA. Yeah. And after a while, they're like, we're going to consolidate. Right. You need to come to us now. Yeah. But what if you live far away? What if you don't have transportation? And you know how bad public transportation is. So what uh, I don't... This is... This is what I don't understand about veterans' benefits. People, you know, politicians, you know, you know the, you know the drill. It's like yeah, Memorial Day, right. yeah, excellent. You know, you know all of that. But there's no, there's no walk behind that talk. There's no, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Let me see what other cliche I can come up with. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like if. These, there, there are people who say these are our bravest, our mightiest, our, you know, we have to honor them. And yet when it comes, you know, the way you show honor in a system that, that we live in, in capitalism, you show yeah. honor with money. Sure. You can say thank you a million times, but, you know, as in during the, the COVID pandemic, you know, our heroes that, you know, stop and shop and, okay, yeah. that's cool. They are heroes as much as anybody else but pay pay them them. (laughs) show them that there's true heroes why why isn't it that way with veterans well i think that federal on the federal level they're doing a better way better job of making sure that people are getting just about equal pay and equal services across the discrepancies come with states Mm -hmm. and the individual states and how they perform their veterans benefits because that's in addition to the federal benefits that's something else Mm -hmm. if the state decides to do whatever that's on them Illinois is a whole different system okay. altogether. Yeah. In Illinois, they have county veteran service offices, mm-hmm. right? That's one of the things that they have. So if there are 20 towns, sure, absolutely. municipalities, that county. They, they have a county veteran, yeah. they call them veterans assistance commissions. Mm-hmm. And the law there states that the VFWs, the American legions, everyone there mm-hmm. has to get a delegate mm-hmm. to create a board mm-hmm. and that board oversees a commission, mm-hmm. okay? And that commission is the one that administers the public aid, but also federal benefits. What do you think about that? That system? The, the pros and cons to it is yeah. what, I'm, what I'm seeing now. Uh-huh. So like, for instance, South Hadley, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not South Hadley, Granby, mm-hmm. they only have a veterans agent six hours a week. Oh, wow. So the veterans in that community, because we work for a municipality, can only reach out to someone 24 hours a month. Right. Where if we create a district, which is a fairly small district. We're pretty, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have access to us 35 hours a week mm-hmm. to four different employees all month long. I think I'll ask Senator Vilas about this. He's he himself is a veteran, mm-hmm. and uh, I would love to hear his thoughts on this. It would be uh, interesting well. to see what he says. I mean, yeah. my perspective is so. My position today, as I sit here today in Massachusetts, says mm-hmm. I think that the small towns with like part time or you know, minimal time veteran agents are not the best option mm-hmm. because they're typically limited in skill. Mm-hmm. They're limited in time mm-hmm. and they don't have the funding to keep someone around long enough. Right. You know, it's, it's like it, we got to, I remember coming into this position and seeing a lot of retirees in this. It's like, that's my 10 hours a week that I go do that. And it's yeah. like, 
yeah, but your veterans need more than just 10 hours of your, like they need work, yeah. they need help. Yeah. And it's like a, it's such a disservice for, for people to come into an office, try to get help from a veterans agent and they're not there because oh, my 10 hours are up. Well, but the thing about the districts though, for instance, Brimfield is in Hamden County. But to me, Brimfield is really far away. It's way out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so to address that, so. I mean, I don't know what's happening in Brimfield with veterans, but if I were a veteran living in Brimfield and I had to come to Holyoke to get. Well, know, that's, to meet. And, and there's, so there's some stipulations and when you create districts and that you must spend X amount of hours in each community, mm-hmm. right? But, you, but, but you're accessible by phone yeah. through all of them. And I'm going to tell you now that the majority of the stuff that we can do can be done over the phone or by video conferencing. Mm-hmm. So using technology is really important nowadays because, and we used to think that old people can't use technology, but you know what? Yeah. After COVID, everyone yeah. learned how to do it. That got old real quick. Yeah. yeah. Everyone had to learn how to do it. Yeah. You just figure it out. Yeah. And, and we do, we video conference with our veterans. And mm-hmm. I think the worst, the, the thing that we do the most that we need is like a signature. Mm-hmm. We could do an intake and an interview. We can talk about your life story. I have access to all these online databases to pull stuff put together something for you, whether it's claim or otherwise. And the worst I need is a signature. And then there's options for like e-signatures as yeah, well. Yeah, so. right. Can you take a picture of your signature? There's a lot of and that And you stuff. confirm it came from the number of that veteran. Sure. So you know, yes, yeah. and you can, you know, whatever. So it's about being creative. And a lot of it is on, yes. on the director of the veteran services or the superintendent in Illinois is what they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, over there, they have, it's the same problem mm-hmm. where they have, they're, they're in, the, in, in like a concentrated city. Mm-hmm. But then you have all these outlying communities. Like, what do you mm-hmm. do for them? So mm-hmm. You have to do outreach. You have to get out there. You have to give them access to your department somehow besides just phone and email. Like, you need mm-hmm. to be able to do video conferencing and all that stuff. So it's about being flexible, being creative, using technology, just keeping up with the times. Because it's not fair to someone in the outer outskirts of your county mm-hmm. um, to not get benefits. And those that are in your county uh, do. So it's, it, it's definitely a, a good concern. And I'm glad you brought that up. But... Do you have an opinion about the name change of the soldier's home? Uh, sure, I do. I always have an opinion. Okay, yeah, <laughs> me too. So this is why we get along so well. <laughs> so it originally called Soldier's Home. There's a like almost a $400 million project underway sure. to rebuild it, the infrastructure, like bricks and mortar and systems, everything. And now it's going to be known as the... Veterans Home. Veterans Home. What do you think about that name change? So historically, uh, soldiers was meant to be inclusive of all branches, mm-hmm. right? Somewhere along the line, someone didn't like that, <laughs> <laughs> right? The Marine said, I'm not a soldier, okay. right? I'm and, a Marine. And the Navy said, listen, I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't know what Navy's call themselves. Yeah. But the Air, you know, yeah. the, the Air Force was like, listen, I'm an I'm Airman. I'm a Navy. Or a Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a seaman. You're right, you the seaman. Yeah. Right, so, so right. It, it is grammatically correct, I guess, mm-hmm. and more inclusive because mm-hmm. now with the introduction of the Space Force, like, what do we call them? Space yeah, the cadets? Spa- yeah, that- <laughs> <laughs> Which we laugh about the Space Force, but I think there's a real viable mission for them. Okay, tell me in, in a moment when you finish with this thought. Sure. No, so mm-hmm. I, I think that the Veterans Home is just a, a grammatical correction in, in what we name the building, and it's to appease those who have found the Soldiers Home offensive. <sighs> It's just like the soldiers. We used to have a soldiers commission uh-huh. in Holyoke. It's mm-hmm. now the War Memorial Commission. Yeah. Okay. Right? So it's it's the same thing. It's gra- it's grammar. I've never been big on grammar. So if you listen to me speak most of the time, like I say a lot of 
I've just, my grammar sucks most of the time. No, it doesn't. Oh, we should. Not at all. I, excuse me. I've, <laughs> I've heard you talk a lot. A lot. <laughs> you know, I don't mean in terms of like you talk a lot. I mean that we have been, we have been in conversations a lot. You talk perfectly. You've never said paper toilet? I never said what? Paper toilet. No, what is, what's paper toilet? Toilet paper. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a thing. That's a, that's a yeah, papel de inodoro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I say It's sometimes. the paper of the toilet. Yeah. It's paper for the toilet. Okay. <laughs> so that happens to me a lot when I talk sometimes. For some reason, there's like a switch that yeah. goes off sometimes. And yes. You just, and you're like. I know. And people like you, like, what did you say? Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's tough being bilingual because sometimes there's like, you can grow up listening to both languages, even if you're not speaking both languages. And I, I mean, I apply this the statement to all bilingual people of sure. all the languages that we all trip up oh, on, yeah. on the use of language in one language or the other. Yeah. It's just, there's too much going on in our brains as it is. And there now, is. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. Oh no, we're doing Spanish. Okay. <laughs> este, so, um, oh, great. So the, the veterans home is, feels more inclusive than to the people who want, to be known as veterans, not as soldiers, because soldiers Correct. denotes more of like army. Sure. So, okay. The Space Force. Okay. Really? Because it just lends itself to so much joking. It does. It does. But are we going to fight on Mars? Are we going to fight on the moon? No, I don't think that that's going to be the, I don't, I don't see it right oh, now it as a, a method of a place to fight. Yeah. But defense of our satellites. Okay. Defense of uh, any space so ships any, you have out oh, okay. there. So think about oh, this. Don't tell me that Trump was right. Come on. I, I'm not saying anything about who was right, but I'm giving you facts. All right, neither am I. I'm, what I'm also saying just is that, as neutral. Let me ask you a question. How many people today have a cell phone? Right? How many people In this country, a lot of people. Right. How many people most. travel, communicate with this, keep documents? Yeah. They, yeah. They, uh, lots and lots and lots. Use GPS. Yes. Well, where do you think we're getting GPS signals from? Where do you think we're satellites transferring data Everything. from? Everything, exactly. So let's say an adversary went up there and shot out all of our satellites. Right. What do we have now? Well, I thought we had the military branches that could respond to an attack. Not, not at that level. From wherever it comes not from and level. wherever it's heading. Not at that level. We have intercont well, had intercontinental ballistic missiles and things yeah. like that, but we don't yeah. have anything that would... Remember the Scud missiles during yeah, the, the uh, Persian Gulf? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, those, those inter intercepted other incoming missiles. We don't have anything that can get into space. Nothing. Well, Absolutely if, nothing. If the United States doesn't, I assume that other people don't either. That's what we all assumed. But we could be wrong. Yes. We could always be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Did, did Japan realize that we had an atom bomb? Yeah. Yeah. When we dropped it on Hiroshima yeah, and Nagasaki, they may have suspected, but they may have not known any way to. Right, so that's the whole thing. It's itself. it's it's the it, remember I always talk about government being reactive. I think yes. this was a proactive thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, because the next frontier of war is is and it's happening now is cyber war. It's data breaching. It's all these things that we don't think about. But also like protection of the stuff that we have in space is important to us because that's our that's all our infrastructure. Yeah. Well, then why? Okay. The thing is that the like, Space Force just sounds so it sounds like stupid. Yes, state it's, trooper, I, yeah, state, you know, space no. trooper. I think of space balls when we yeah, say space, space balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> but, but maybe it could have been, okay, you just said the word cyber, cyber force, because that means everything. Sure. Because it's not just up in space, but it's also the infrastructure yeah. here on Earth that depends on what's up yeah. in space. I, I think that the, if I were a bad guy, my next, my next attack would be on people's... Uh, telecommunication options yeah and, and navigation options so like airplanes and stuff navigating with gps that would be dead 
there wouldn't be any more navigation with that. And then you have to go back to ground-based uh, radio signals that are now actually been decommissioned because we've gone to GPS. Yeah. Right? So yeah. So it's not that dumb of an idea. No, it's, I get you. Yeah, okay. It's not a dumb idea. You just hate who, who it came out of. No, no, no. There's, well, he, because he just brought up, he just like reignited the hate movements across the country. Sure. And I don't believe in that. I, I totally agree that there'd be a Republican Party and whatever other kind of parties. I am totally for different voices being heard. I don't think that voices that come from a group of people who hate is good for democracy. No. So I just want to make that distinction. This is not an anti-Republican sure. thing. This is an anti-hate thing. Okay. And if they, but getting back on track here with, um, oh, here's a, speaking of this, if they take down, if whoever takes down some vital satellites for us, you know, as for 9-11, all our airports closed. They all the airports, the United yeah. States and its territories were closed mm -hmm. for a few days. Yep. And then the president at the time, George W. Bush, he saw how the economy had come to a stop and in a capitalist society, That's you bad. need the economy to move. You yep. need people to spend money, sure. basically. A yep. uh, few people make tons of money and the vast majority spend money. And he needed to get the vast majority of people to keep moving the economy right. in service to that capitalist um, a way of life that's sure. here in the United States. What do you, how long do you think this country could last? For instance, if uh, the, we lost electricity for two weeks. Well, I think what you'll see in short time is pure chaos. Because they, they're, they're, they aren't people, we don't have survivalists in our communities anymore. We don't have people that can survive uh, without running electricity or they don't know how to fetch their own water, or purify their own water or, or hunt for their own food, right? They are dependent. Electricity is a big thing that no one ever thinks about. It's around us all the time. You know what? It's being generated, distributed and stored all the time on your behalf to use whenever you want, right? Mm -hmm. Of course you have to pay for it, but still. Mm -hmm. You lose electricity, you lose refrigerators, you lose your charging your phone, you lose all sorts of ways of cooking if you have electric stove, mm -hmm. and you will see mass chaos, I think. I think you, whatever happens when we have a big catastrophe anywhere, looting, riots, mm -hmm. things like that, right? Because everyone starts panicking like, okay, I need to get my family water. I need mm -hmm. to get my family whatever food I can get. So they start looting and stealing, right? It's you, you go into survival mode for yourself, maybe your family, but not your community. And riots and stuff like that would definitely kick off. I would be a hundred percent. Do you certain. know of anything going on in like the, the, like then who would who would who would um, what branch of government would keep us from eating each other alive? Oh, I, I would hundred percent assume martial law would go, like go into place. Mm -hmm. And then who would enforce it? The local police department. So it would be like your local your national guards from each state. I think uh -huh. would be the first to be activated. Um, but if there's chaos going on. People of the National Guard and police officers, this happened after Maria in Puerto Rico. Lots of police officers left their posts. Yeah. Why? Because they wanted to be with their families. Sure. Why? Because that monster hurricane was barreling into Puerto Rico, and we all could see that it was going to cause catas catastrophic damage. Right. It's only human to want to protect yourself and right. yours and the people you love. Sure. And go wherever, the, wherever you need to to protect them. Right. So that's where a lot of police officers left their posts. Right, but then we left the community out on its own. Yes. So that's that's where we get, like, again, a, a failure in our society is that we need to stop. We need to understand that we depend on each other. 
not just your family on you, but your community on you. Because once you stop doing your job and what you're obligated to do, someone's going to take advantage of that weakness and it's going to not be good for anyone else. So how long do you think we could last? Say it nationwide. We, we lost electricity. Nationwide? Yeah. The planes couldn't take off. We would have a civil war in 30 days. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus, I thought you were more positive than I was. I was going to say, like, within, like, yeah, 20 days or so, yeah. people would start. It would start in the cities first because that's where people are just really sure. compacted. And then all those, all those people that we make fun of that are out in the Midwest yeah. with, with tons of food yeah. and, and ammo and yeah. whatever, <laughs> they're going to be the victors. Yeah. And we're the suckers that are going to be able to survive. Wow. I don't think I want to survive in a world like that either. Yeah. Even well, though in a way I already do survive in a world like that. We do survive in a world like countries. that because it's, it's the amenities that keeps us civil. Really? That's what it, we, it comes down to? I think so. Well, how did we get through like until did, electricity? Did, did we not? Did we not just have mm-hmm. a whole conversation about, so when they were doing the Lyman Street Bridge, yeah. right? And they yeah. blocked off the bridge and the kids had to, you know, they used to walk to school to Kelly, yeah, which was under a mile. Mm-hmm. Right. And I used to walk to school all the time from the flats. I used to go to school. Same school. Mm-hmm. We started busing them because the bridge was closed mm-hmm. and the route, the alternate route to get there was longer than a mile. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. We're, we're meeting a requirement. Let's take them. Bridge gets fixed mm-hmm. and the kids now have to go back to walking and there's an outrage. Right. Oh my God, my kid has to walk to school. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Your kid was walking to school. Your kid was walking to school. It's normal standard. It's not any different than when we treat anyone else that lives in that proximity. Mm-hmm. But there was, you know, an eruption of, you know, and they have the right to protest and all that stuff. But think about that little small thing, that little, inc- what they seem as an like inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Because once you give someone convenience and you mm-hmm. take it away, they're, they're upset. Ah. Right? Because before, were they complaining about it? If no. they were, it wasn't an organized. No, no, they, they were complaining. You were walking to school because you just walked to school. That's exactly what you just did. Like mm-hmm. that's what we did, and it's like I know, but middle school students shouldn't be walking that far to school. I don't think it's that bad. Maybe because you're like a dude, but maybe I don't you know. know. But I just think that we're also. I walked real far to school in middle school. Like also, I didn't like it at all. There's a. You ever read the book, The Coddling of the American Mind? No. It's an interesting book. It sounds. It sounds, sounds like like there's a lot of big words in it, and there is. And it, yeah, it takes me a while. It took me a long yeah. time to read it, and it's just that it talks about how, as we make life easier for others, they become incapable of going through diverse and challenging situations. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's this saying. What's the saying? Uh, hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Oh wow. I never heard that. So it's something like that. So yeah. it's like we have we have the utmost comfort in the country have ever we have ever 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 we can talk to anyone on the planet by picking up our little device. Yeah. Where before, mm-hmm. let's go back to my childhood. You had to have a quarter, put mm-hmm. it in the phone. Yeah. And you had a couple minutes to talk exactly. to someone. <laughs> then you had to hang up, or you yeah. call, or you used or to you call collect. Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> but even before that, yeah. Right, we had the rotary phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before that, what do we have? Like te- telegrams? Yeah. Before that, yeah. letters? Yeah. That would take weeks and months to communicate with people. Yeah. We're just, we're, we are just so used to having the convenience of pushing a button and having my order here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Amazon. 
Yeah. So when we lose that, we lose our freaking minds <laughs> with everything. <laughs> with everything. We, we are a soft culture. We're a soft culture. I think so. Do we treat our veterans right? We're doing a pretty good job here and there. There's, there's, uh, there's gaps, of course, and anything else. But in my experience, in, in my time frame in this particular job field, we're doing way better than what we did in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I wonder what, what has made it better for veterans. And at the same time, uh, the draft was removed in the 1970s. Um, but at the same time, we've talked about this before, that what is it, just something like 300,000 or 400,000, something like that, people volunteer to enter any of the armed services? Um, yeah, we currently have, I think, just under 300,000 veterans in Massachusetts right now. I don't know how many per But active. Era. But because um, Senator Vilas has said this, and I think you have said this too, that it's like half of 1% of residents of the United States perform public service in, in the armed, military. In armed forces, yeah. Yeah. And so then if we're like 330 million people, I, I, I did the math with a computer not too long ago. <laughs> isn't that, like, isn't that three? Like, <laughs> should be three million. <laughs> oh, it's three million? Yeah. No, 1% of three million. Okay, so then it's 1.5 million. So there's, only, one like per, there's only like 1.5 million people in the services now. Something like that. And veteran services, veteran benefits have gotten better with time as we have learned as, as a society to treat veterans better. Yeah, I think what, what you're going to see is that there was a... Um, you got to thank our Vietnam veterans for this. Yeah. 100%. This is a result of Vietnam veterans coming home and raising hell, mm-hmm. and for good reason. Mm-hmm. They were drafted into a war, whether they liked it or not. They were exposed to all sorts of chemicals, came back, saw their friends die, saw their friends die in country, and some die at home. And they were screaming, hey, we're getting sick for no good reason. And there is a majority of us who are getting sicker at a faster rate than the American public. Mm-hmm. So something happened over there. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of the, the Vietnam veterans that really put forth the, the energy needed to let congressional folks know that there was something wrong. And that started a whole bunch of stuff. So they, it was, they're credited with creating vet centers. Mm-hmm. So back then they didn't like the VA. Mm-hmm. The VA at that time had people from the Korean War era and from maybe world war two mm-hmm. and those were the tough suck it up kind of people mm-hmm. who really didn't address problems mm-hmm. they had shell shock they had this they had that they didn't take time to actually address the medical need of the person and why they were there um but the vet, these guys got the vet centers created so they had an alternative place funded by the va in order for them to get treatment mm-hmm. to talk about their feelings mm-hmm. to look for alternative sources of of therapy and all this other stuff. And now the, the, the veterans are a staple in the veteran community. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely wonderful. And like we have one here, it's called the Springfield Vet Center, but it's really in West Springfield, mm-hmm. who, whose majority of the staff is prior service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so they started that train of advocacy and funding. And as obviously they were influential in people that they were around. And when those people like myself have grown up, and now become in a position where we can have a voice, we too speak on their behalf. Mm-hmm. So they really started the train in changing everything. I mean, just recently we're talking about three or four years ago where <laughs> the VA still had paper records, <laughs> right? And 
and I'm as opposed to digi, uh, digital, digital, yeah, digital like records, like yeah. a regular hospitals, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like, why are we doing? Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> bueno, the good thing about paper, if when the electricity goes out, you still got it. You got the paper. Oh, you still got the paper. Sure. Okay. Maybe, but if there's a fire, yeah, there's like you know, it's all in the cloud. Yeah. Unless well, that satellite gets. That's it. And then there we go. Well. The cloud is really a computer somewhere else that stores the information. It's about retrieving it that you can't do it later. So you always want local backups on your servers. So you, okay. have, you have generators and ways to produce energy if, if you're a hospital. So okay. you'll always have that as long as you have petroleum or some type of fuel source for your generators. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was just recently that they're like, oh, digital records. Yes, let's do that. Oh, we need to give veterans access to their records. Okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. So in a matter of a few years, they've built a whole new... Uh, electronic record system mm-hmm. for all VA, an app on my phone. So when I want to see my doctor, I just put on my app, mm-hmm. hey, doctor, I'd like to see you, and mm-hmm. it sends them a message. And then we can communicate back and forth on the app. I can see my upcoming medical appointments yeah. on my app. I can see yeah. what I'm getting for prescription. Everything is like modern. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, that wasn't true. Ten years ago, when you went from... Ten years ago only? Yeah, when you went from Leeds yeah. to, say, Jamaica Plains. Uh-huh. No. I had no idea who the hell you oh were. Oh, my right? God. They didn't have all your records. They had yeah. their records. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have the records they didn't have their Right. Oh, so when wow. you visit other so hospitals. you have to walk around with your records. Something needs to happen. I don't know. Maybe they yeah. faxed it back and forth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> este, before we go, I, I have I have another question, a, la, a last question. And it, it's regarding the worst case scenario. Um, so you think a month would pretty much have us in a bad place without any introduction from the government? Yeah. Okay. The second last pr- um, to last question is: so health, digo, services for veterans have improved a lot. Like it's been like a huge change. Right. It almost has nothing to do with what it, way it used to be. It's very no, up to it's very up to date. Then why do you think, and I know I've asked you, but just as in case you change your opinion, <laughs> then... Which happens. Yeah, I mean, we evolve. I yeah. mean, are we the same yeah. people we were? You know, it's like with everything. We yeah. get sometimes better at, at how to figure out how to do things. Um, then why, if the benefits are so much better for veterans, like what other job provides the kind of benefits that veterans receive? Of course, no other job asks people, put your life on the line. I, I say, so, let me tell you something. For the common person, someone who's not wealthy. Excuse me, except for firefighters and police officers and first responders. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so fi- like, I'll say that um, the average person who's not affluent and comes, you know, who has to work their way through life, the service is the all-encompassing job that will take care of you from the day you sign the line to the day you die. Mm-hmm. Right? And I mean, while you're in the service, you're getting paid to learn to do something, whatever your job is. You'll have free medical while you're in, free healthcare, schools for your kids on the bigger posts or bigger bases, uh, healthcare and, and you know uh, childcare and stuff like. There's there's tons of resources because it's funded pretty well. Unlike what people say, it like they, everyone says, you know, military's yeah. not funded. It's it's plenty funded. Okay. Any injuries that you sustain while in service, when you get out, the VA will pay you for those disabilities. And then give you VA health care to cover your health care for you, right? And pay for your... Do you only get health care if you have an injury? No, there's other, there's other options for getting health care. There's, there's income-based stuff. Okay, so then, so then why is it that here is, here is a, a public service sector 
that a lot is required of you, which includes you may die. Right. And at the same time, we will take care of you for as long as you're part of the armed services. And then even when you leave the armed services, we'll take care of you. So then why is it? Why, I mean, does the military have like a bad reputation? I mean, what's going on? Like, why are so many why young people? Why are we not people, having more people signing up for this? Yeah, like I see people graduating because, and then from high school or, right. or not, and they're just drifting. Because I've seen people go all the way through their doctorates getting it paid mostly by the VA. I mean, or VA or by the Department of Defense, right? Uh-huh. While, you're, while you're in the military. Uh-huh. Why isn't that appealing to most people? And I'll say that my opinion is that altru- altruism is dead. Oh. We're just worried about ourselves. Like, this is a great opportunity to go get your education, go get real life experience, get out of your hometown travel the world, meet people from across the country or even around the world and have services for the rest of your life. And learn some disciplines, not only sure. uh, job skills, but even the, what's known as the soft skills of just how to conduct your th- yourself it's, in, it's, out in you know in your life, in your personal yeah, life. I credit the, the service with, with my, and, and my mentors in the service with me being able to be where I am today. Because statistically, I shouldn't be here at all. I was a father at 16. I grew up in Holyoke. We were pam- family was, you know, not rich at all. Took four people to buy our first house, their only house, quite frankly. Um, and was around drugs and gangs and all that stuff. And I just I shouldn't be the director of veteran services for the city of Holyoke. You know, it, when if I were uh, whatever, 16, 17, 18. Um, and I did this already, but my mother wouldn't let me join the armed f- forces. Yeah. But um, the the I would certainly then I feel like I would have more pushback reason to say, well, this is why I think it'll be okay. And they're not going to put me in the front lines. I hope because I don't know how to shoot straight. <laughs> and I don't, you know, there's just like, but I could do, you know, I can well, read stuff. I can write stuff. I well, can take pictures. The, there's, there's every job in the military that there is out in the civilian Exactly. World. So then why? Because altruism does not exist anymore. Because we're not in public service. We're here just for ourselves. Okay. So if the grid goes down for two weeks, then that's when chaos starts ensuing. Probably because no one gets their Instagram likes anymore. Or their Facebook oh thumbs up. Oh, my God. Or they're just <laughs> those things that feed their ego, right? Because yeah. these are the things that are fe- feeding these people's personalities. Instead of public service. Right. So Which is so rewarding. Right. Whether you're a teacher, you're a firefighter, if they, you work at the veterans home, you're in the military services. Yep. We just put something on Instagram, make a million dollars. I was trying to end on a good note, <laughs> but I myself, I, mean, I know that I drew us into this place, but thank you so much for having me again, Jesus. No, it's been fun, man. Uh, we'll figure something else to talk about next time. Okay. Sounds See good. you later in time. Okay.